0: Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film.
1: It's the good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast. I'm your host, the L train, Richard Lusk. Over there is Mr. Two Frames, Ryan Bull. How are you, sir? Doing well. What do you think of uh, gymnastics? Love them. Really? Oh, yeah. You watch the men's gymnastics, the women's gymnastics, the summer? Do you watch it in the you know the
0: world championships? And- I'll normally watch a little bit of the gymnastics when it's on the Olympics every four years. Uh, normally, it's on the TV. My wife's real big on it.
1: So you have the same level of interest that you do with
0: curling. Ooh, why do I, I probably watch more curling because those <laughs> matches go on for a while. I love a good <laughs> curling match.
1: Also, you could probably do some of that. I feel like I could do, of all the sports in the Olympics, I feel curling is probably most in my line.
0: Yeah, curling would be up there, but I I like the gymnastics.
1: Gymnastics is as far away from my line as it could possibly get. I have no sense of balance. I have no grace. I have nothing. (laughs) I can't even do a push-up now because of my shoulder. Plus, I'm really top-heavy. But I loved the gymnastics when I was a kid, and I had a big crush on Mary Lou Retton. Although, I think I was like 18, she was like 16 or 17, so that was just kind of weird and creepy, but at least I was close enough in age to where I would have known her in school, so I didn't feel like I was that, you know, creeped out by part? it. Yeah. But nowadays, if I, it, I watching gymnastics and seeing those girls run around, jump around like little balls of muscle, it's just
0: annoying. I, don't know, I I like the gymnastics. I, I think it's very Olympics.
1: Is that why you're interested in seeing the bronze?
0: No, I was interested in seeing the bronze because of Melissa Rauch. Uh, she's better known for playing Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. I think she's the funniest part of The Big Bang Theory.
1: Probably the most, uh, the least geeky of of all of the main characters in that show, uh, with the exception of Penny. Penny, I guess. But. um... This character that she plays in the movie that we're reviewing this week, the bronze, is as far removed from that character as, say, uh, I don't know, I am from being able to perform
0: rings. (laughs) On the rings, yeah. Well, (laughs) Melissa Rauch, I I heard an interview she did, she said this character is the complete opposite of Bernadette. Bernadette appears sweet on the outside, but she's a tea kettle on the inside. This character um, that she's playing in the movie, Hope Annabelle Gregory, has this really stern exterior, really mean and nasty, but she's actually kind of kind-hearted on the inside. Oh, but She's just been hurt by life. Okay. Mountain Dew, large. Diet. Did I say diet? It
2: comes to $9.30. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh, no, Steve. no, she's on the house. Don't you know who this is? You tell him, Tony. Check the wall, son. Yeah, check the wall, son. She was the star of the 2004 games. Honey, I know you've been stealing from my truck again. But that was a long time ago. No more allowance. You're cutting off my allowance and you want me to stop stealing? What kind of a sick monster are you?
1: Have you thought any more about working at the gym?
2: I'm not a coach. A star. I was on
0: Dancing with the Stars. It's not called Dancing with the Coaches.
1: Now, as luck would have it, the
2: fate of American gymnastics is in her hands.
0: OMG, Hope and Gregory. I've been, like, praying that we would run into each other. Maybe we could exchange phone numbers or something, and uh, we could text her, FaceTime, or... What needs to be the strongest for you to be a champion? My body. Bzz. My endurance. Bzz. My mental constitution. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Your mind. But I said my mentor Come on, come on.
2: Here's the deal, Twitchy. I'm the pilot. You're the... Co-pilot. Got it. Gonna say stewardess.
0: Well, well, well. Hope and Gregory. If you let Hope train Maggie, you'll be throwing your daughter's career out the
2: window.
1: I won gold and silver, and everyone's talking about your bronze.
0: It's men's gymnastics, which, come on, no one gets a crap.
1: So this is, uh, this year's film was a Sundance favorite. It came out sort of in 2015, but it's gotten wide release this year, uh, and this week's. Movie The Bronze stars, as we mentioned, Melissa Rauch. also has Gary Cole as her father, Stan Gregory. And Thomas Middleditch is her, you want to say love interest, I suppose, if there's a romantic Mm -hmm. element to it. That's not much of a spoiler. Ben. There was a strong role played by the young gymnast Haley Lou Richardson, uh, stars as Maggie. And the plot of this movie is a spoiled, largely forgotten Olympic medalist, uh, Melissa Rouch's Hope Gregory, takes action when a promising young gymnast, Maggie, played by Haley Lee Richardson, threatens her status as a local celebrity. Directed by Brian Buckley and written by Melissa Rauch along with her husband, Winston. Uh, I think it was put out by the Duplass Brothers, is the production company that bought them, bought, bought the... Movie rights after Sundance. And when I saw their card on the screen, mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, this might be a lot better than I was expecting. I was not looking forward necessarily to seeing this movie.
0: Yeah, I'd been talking it up to you for a couple months, and you weren't ever too enthused about seeing it.
1: I did see the trailer, and I'm not into raunchy, raunchy comedies. I, I the, the last one we saw together was uh, Trainwreck. Yeah. And I saw Neighbors. Anchorman 2. I'm trying to think. These are the ones that I've seen in the theaters recently, and they've all been really. Uh, they've let me down.
0: Yeah, but they, they I haven't tickled my funny back. Those are all different types of comedies. This is really that dark, self loathing comedy. This, to me, is much more in line with all the bad movies Your Bad Santa, Bad Words, Bad Teacher, um, the Seth Rogen film, Observe and Report. Uh, so that's why I like it, because to me, comedy is all about pain, right? Mm hmm. If it's physical pain, you have slapstick. If it's mental pain, like, you know, someone's playing the idiot, uh, you've got Zoolander or any Will Ferrell film, those seem to be bigger and more popular. Um, If it's pain dealing with romance, then you have your rom-coms, or, you know, you can try and twist it like Amy Schumer did with Trainwreck. Those are all fine. They seem to be pretty popular with the mainstream folks. Me, I want my character to be self-loathing. I think that that's the funniest. Mm-hmm. You know, Billy Bob Thornton is Bad Santa's Awesome, or him in the remake of The Bad News Bears. Fantastic. Those are the those are the comedies I laugh at, because those people are just so... Uh, not over the top, but they just don't care about societal norms. They just say what they think and feel. Mm-hmm. It makes me laugh at how inappropriate it is. Yeah, but you, you also liked The Trainwreck. The... I liked them. I, I had I some laughs, you... but I laughed more at this film. Uh-huh. Really? And my wife went and saw it, and she laughed. She saw Trainwreck with us, too, right? She liked this one more than Trainwreck. Okay. What and about there were, the other people in your audience? Um, how did they react? The, the one other guy I didn't hear him say anything. <laughs> Granted, we went to a 940 showing of this on a Saturday morning, but that's how I like it. I wonder what he thought of... Uh, I mean, I wonder what that guy thought of the movie. Like, the, the viewing experience being
1: completely alone. Obviously, people that choose to go it nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or doing so for the purpose of avoiding crowds or maybe he works at night. I don't know. I don't know this guy's interpersonal life.
0: It was odd. Also, he was in the front left corner, uh, like two rows back, but all the way over on the left. (laughs) So I'm like, wow, you know, we picked, of course, you know, the middle (laughs) second row from the last great seats. He wanted to get as far away from you as he could and be close to the door, close to the exit. He had gotten his ticket before we had gotten ours. And you know how you have to reserve your seat uh, now at okay. the AMC? Yeah, yeah, He picked that one.
1: Well, I saw mine at the Regal on Friday, and I got to choose any seat that I wanted. <laughs> and I didn't have to pick a seat, but it was uh, open admission or general admission or whatever.
0: I was the only one there. Nice. Yeah. I saw it with my favorite audience. Your favorite audience. Um, so overall, are you a fan of this film?
1: I-, I think the film is unfairly maligned. It's not doing really well. on.
0: Uh, it's not
1: getting a good critical response. And it's not doing well in the box office either. That's why I'm afraid that it might not even be out when this podcast comes out for anyone to go see. Uh, but it'll show up on DirecTV, and I think that it'll do well on Netflix and maybe HBO or something like that. I think it might find an audience, much like Anchorman did, the first Anchorman after it came out. Or more back in line with me, Funny Farm. <laughs> okay, Funny uh, Farm. Became uh, famous or, or more well-liked after after the fact. This movie has a lot going for it. It's uh character driven. There are small things i I think that happened in the movie that show a deft writing hand uh It was done sort of on the cheap, but it doesn't really look like that like it had the same production budget as the movie we reviewed last week. Remember right no, it actually had quite a bit less money.
0: yeah, uh, we three thought and both a half of them, million
1: for this right. Last week's movie was ten million, but we thought it was. It looked like about a three million dollar movie. Mm-hmm. This movie looks a little bit better than that. Although you can see where they save some money on, say, costuming, because <laughs> <laughs> the character wears the same costume at every scene. But that's part of her character, and that's the way she was written. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, hope and Gregory might be the foulest mouth female, other than. Uh, Melissa McCarthy in some of her movies. Yeah. So, I mean, she's much fouler mouth than, than Amy Schumer and much more in your face.
0: She's a, She reminds me a lot of Billy Bob Thorne and Bad Santa. Right. Just that foul mouth. And I think it, the first half of the movie is almost hurt by that fact because when you're going to have such a horrible, despicable main character who just, you know, throws out such viciousness you have to have them constantly running into people who appear to be good and wholesome but they're so saccharine sweet that we hate them for that uh like uh the Haley lou richardson character maggie you know she's just so bubbly and so happy Mm -hmm. and you know loves everyone that it makes for a nice contrast when she and melissa are on screen together i don't think gary cole playing uh the father was very good I don't huh. think he provided a good contrast um, for the Melissa Rauch character
1: huh well he was part of her problem too and he was aware of that mm-hmm. but I think the movie tried to to put him set him up as a contrast to her or a character foil I thought that I mean I, I understand what you're saying I was thinking this movie had those things had those elements well
0: he takes a love of abuse from her uh-huh. but we never really feel like it's justified. Or at least I didn't feel like it was justified. He seemed like a nice guy who was just trying to do the best he could for his daughter. The movie starts off with the montage of him raising her. Oh, you and, like him too much, is what you're saying. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. Well,
1: see, I, I kind of liked all th- all three of the, those secondary characters that, that you mentioned. Like, uh, There's a character played by Tom Middleditch. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Tom Middleditch. Yeah. Uh, who's in the HBO series... Silicon Valley. And he plays against her as a foil and i thought he was he was really good in the movie mm-hmm. i mean and gary cole and and of course uh Haley lou richardson the thing with them is i i didn't think that they had enough of the small role or the small um scenes to elevate them up to the point where they became strong enough to be uh sort of a foil for her Mm-hmm. like they they had small parts but they didn't have enough of them small segments in the film
0: well that's i think a big problem that you're highlighting because melissa rauch is in literally every scene of this film mm-hmm. you know it's the kevin costner problem she wrote this film with her husband and she put herself in every scene All if right. she was out of it just for a couple scenes i think it would be better because then you could make the antagonist of the film, like the Sebastian Stan character, more evil. Uh, They did that in Bad Santa with uh, John Ritter. John Ritter has a couple scenes and it helps just break up the pacing so that you're not just overwhelmed by this vile personality. And, you know, again, John Ritter seems like a nice guy in that movie, but they make us hate him. So it works out. Sebastian Stan comes in so briefly and we barely see him. You know, if we saw him constantly trying to poach the Maggie character... Mm. You know, and going to her mother and just doing stuff to try and undermine you know the story that would work better
1: well, a lot of the this movie the the humor in it comes from the characters' monologues as opposed to like quick witty dialogue between characters. so the interaction between characters um, doesn't work as well and that maybe that's why it's not in there. I think the monologues are funny, but I think uh, maybe those interactions aren't wouldn't have been. They aren't as well written and they're just not there, like you say. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe the humor just doesn't work with the dialogue and the interactions. Well, there's that we also want. a problem with tone
0: in this film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the thing that I noticed is they kept changing the color of the film. A lot of times, the outdoor scenes and the more serious scenes had kind of a blue tint to them. Uh, when Melissa goes to her former coach's gravesite mm-hmm. and is talking to her, the tint was really noticeable. Well, when they, and stuff like that kind of bothered me. Or they do the super zoom in, uh, shaky cam, close ups, and it just seemed odd instead of pulling back the camera and just letting these actors be funny and filming them from a distance.
1: Well, they they decided Melissa Rauch and her husband Winston when they when they hired Brian Buckley to be the director, they thought that they they thought that they were simpatico with him because he said this movie needs to be shot like a drama and that's exactly what they were thinking that it needed to have a more like independent film drama um set and set design and um production so instead of like a broad based comedy tone Mm -hmm. and I, i think for the most part that's what makes the movie work but you see it as a
0: drawback yeah because well i mean like you said a lot of the film is film like a drama but there is a little bit of slapstick during some of the gymnastic parts. They're falling, mm-hmm. and I also think that they're doing that to get the stuntman out of the frame, so, or stunt woman out of the frame, so right. that the actors can pop back up. Um, there is a set scene that's really, it comes out of left field. It's been getting a lot of buzz. You know, and Almost all the right. reviews are mentioning it. We're not going to talk about it in terms of plot, but the tone of that's really different from the rest of the film. It's almost hard for the film to get back on track after that.
1: It also happens at a weird time in the movie. I won't say anything more about that, I guess, until we get into the second part of our review. But mm-hmm. the, uh, I think that going back on some of the things that you were talking about earlier on, about the darkness and these dark characters that are sort of bitter and uh, have a different worldview that's, uh, I don't know, angry. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I like, I mean, I can appreciate that. In this movie, it seemed like she was not too much depression and denial to, to be uplifting. Like, I can understand anger and bitterness and resentment. Mm-hmm. But for me, there was that, that sad denial and depression that I, I kind of recoiled away from the character. They, they, they did one little thing early on in the movie, like the save the dog scene with her when uh she's at the mall and she has an interaction with a character that seems odd and out of place but the only reason that they put it in there was to make her seem like she that there is something likable about her because without that one teeny tiny interaction she is pretty reprehensible for hmm, three quarters of the movie and her recognition and sort of reversal happened so late in the movie that it kind of uh it, it's it's hard to see how she can she, she can ever be redeemable through most of the movie and the, and the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking ah she's horrible <laughs> she's just horrible and there's a key scene late late in the movie where you're like how the hell how can she ever come back from that mm-hmm. there's there's no there's no way out for her and uh so in terms of structure I was I don't know i I appreciated it because it was original but at the same time I was still sort of I was disquieted a little bit too much, a
0: little bit too much. There are also some subtle bits of, um, not satire, but uh, a cultural critique. Uh, There's some bits about the homeschooling that apparently her education was actually quite poor. And (laughs) I think they're trying to show she had to give up everything for gymnastics. Gymnastics was her whole life, but she really is an idiot.
1: You yeah, know. but they don't do enough with that. Like, it's, yeah, they it's do a little weird. bit. That. It's like the tone um, thing you
0: were getting at. Some of the stuff with what she had to give up for gymnastics, uh, she makes the uh, Maggie character eat a piece of celery instead of a single nacho chip. But she says you can eat it over top of the nachos so <laughs> yeah. you can smell the nachos. Right. And to me, that rings really true. Like that's probably what these gymnasts do. You know, they're on super restricted calorie counts. Right. So, you know, there are those little quick moments of realism and you're going like, holy crud, you know, she being mean here? No, this is probably the way it really is. And you could see why she's so bitter towards life because life has been incredibly hard for her and she's had to make these sacrifices. I don't think the script goes far enough with those aspects in developing those subplots.
1: Does the, does the script go far enough in making her totally irredeemable if the movie had kept going with her? Would that have changed your experience with the movie or would it have been worse or better? Like, would you... Would...
0: If, if they could have made her likable?
1: Yeah. If they could have just kept her as a, as crass and boorish as...
0: Yeah, I could have done... I I, I would have been fine with that. Huh. I, I would have given the movie props for not going for the happy ending. You know, that that's one of the things I love about the Bad News Bears, the ending of that film. Uh-huh yeah we didn't win who cares drink up kids here's some beer
1: and here we go another spoiler
0: 40 year old movie go ahead but i, I know <laughs> yeah, i like when the movies the week. don't end <laughs> happily i like when you know they build you up build up those expectations you think the character's is going to change and be better and they aren't
1: all right the other thing with this movie though is is it a, is it a crass comedy of sorts like bad words bad, bad santa train wreck those kinds of things anchorman or is it a sports film if it's a sports comedy i think it ranks a lot higher when it's being compared against other films in the, in that genre as opposed to being compared to other films in the crass comedy genre
0: yeah you see you keep saying crass i don't think of this as crass i think of this as dark and all like right. I wouldn't put this with Anchorman or Spine. to me; those are very different films. And train comedy. wreck, right. train wreck. Yeah, train Spy. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not like <laughs> it's Train It's a little Spotty. different than train All but, right. Like I said, to me, it fits into those uh, bad movies: Bad Teacher, Bad Worse. Well, I think I had bad some family. of those in there. I, I think yeah, maybe but, uh, I'm just To me, the those genres. are really different, and okay, they're totally and they're not mainstream comedies. I don't think any of those movies did real well in theaters, but I loved all of them.
1: Well, okay. So, how does that rank against those? How does this rank against those movies? Oh, this
0: is up there. Uh, this is a movie I'll want to rewatch, and I think it's going to get better every time I rewatch it. This is definitely a uh, remote stopper when I'm flipping through HBO, and this is on because I think this is going to be on HBO a lot.
1: All right, I can see it. I can see it finding an audience afterwards, finding an audience with this character. One thing I didn't like was the accent. I think that the accents were sort of all over the place. I don't think she nailed that accent <laughs> very well. And that was sort of annoying. It was like watching a, a bad SNL skit.
0: Yeah, I I agree. There were a couple parts in the film I went, oh, I feel like they rushed that scene. They didn't have time to do another take or two. Apparently the whole film was done in 22 days. Mm-hmm. And if you just think of the stunt work too, you know, there's a fair amount of tumbling going on in here. That's got to eat up your time. And they go to a fair number of locations or having as small of a budget as they did.
1: Well, when I rank this in the sports film genre like right. I want to, I <laughs> would put it up there near Dodgeball. And it might be above some of the other sports films, movies, that... Uh, Bad News Bears? Yeah, I would rank it up there with that. Above that, and then maybe not the original, but certainly the one with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, I didn't think that good. was that great at all. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Major League? I think it's better than that. Ooh. Because it's original. And Slapshot is in that same genre for me. So it's up there with Slapshot and Dodgeball, maybe the Waterboy. When I rank those things, I, and then if I think of it as a sports movie, I kind of like the fact that it doesn't really deal with the same tropes as sports movies. It's changing the conventions of sports movies. Because the girl is not really an underdog. The gymnast that she um, that she agrees to coach is, you know, she's a world-class gymnast, and she's not necessarily coming from you know scrappy uh small town roots you know I guess she is in she the is, sense that well I think she moved there I don't know the movie was a little weird with it she moved to this town right mm-hmm. uh, but she, she's she still even in, uh, even when she did it at her age at the time of the movie she's still in the top you know five gymnasts so it's not like she has to come completely out of nowhere she's still so it's not really an underdog story like it is with say Dodgeball, a true underdog story. That's a great movie.
0: Dodgeball is a funny movie. If you allow for the alternative ending. Uh either
1: well that's because you're so dark and twisted, but Yes. Overall I give the film a B minus.
0: B I, yeah, I think it's it's strong. It's in the one of the it's in the top ten movies I've seen this year. <laughs> You've probably seen ten, right? Uh, I'm up to twenty two. I haven't so looked I haven't
1: I haven't even started writing, writing down the movies I've seen. She could probably go back and start doing that. It is getting at the end of March. Because that'll be tough at the end of the year when I start to make my list. If I don't start it now. Yeah. Figure out where, where yeah. it ranks.
0: I agree. you ready
1: right again. In so. theaters, I think I probably... This this might be the best movie I've seen in theaters. I liked it better than Deadpool.
2: Ooh.
1: I'll tell you that. I laughed it a lot more than I did at Deadpool. I didn't fall asleep. It, it's a different type of laugh. It, all right. Were <laughs> a
0: laugh is a laugh no, no, there were moments like, I, I turned to my wife, she laughed at something, I went, you're a horrible person for <laughs> laughing at that. And about ten minutes later, she was able to turn to me and say, you're a horrible person for laughing at that. <laughs> so, right. so we enjoyed it. Fair enough. Um, ready for spoilers? Yeah, man. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. All right. The the shot that bothered me, and I feel like the whole movie kind of hinged on that shot, was during the tumbling routine at the end. That long tracking shot that pushes in.
1: Oh, and they have to switch off. They move her off to the side instead of having her run right at the camera. Yeah. Are you, are you
0: talking about the? I, wh- I hated that shot because of that. I just, yeah the whole setup of that, I mean, everything that the shot's supposed to imply. The artifice surrounding it? Yeah, and that, you know, Melissa Rauch's character is able to be happy here for someone else, and, you know, she doesn't have to be in the spotlight, she's a good person, she's redeemed. I hated all of that. I hated how obvious it was stunt doubles running back and forth.
1: So there's a scene right before that where she tells the girl that her mother's died. <laughs> and uh, she died in a plane wreck or whatever so go out and do your best <laughs> right yeah. you you would have preferred that the movie stayed in that realm or on that line
0: no i mean i i, I like that as a storyline it would've been interesting to see where the story goes cuz there is from
1: there. no redemption for her after that
0: yeah that would've been interesting i just hate the shot that's right after that so that you, you, long tracking shot cuz i feel like they blew a ton of their budget on that all
1: right so you hate the shot but do you hate the the point in the movie, or the the, the, the re- plot point. The, the character redemption. Yeah. It happens really late in the movie too. Usually something like that would happen at about the three quarter point.
0: Well she's been redeemed earlier, too. How? She's been working with the girl and you know, she she seems to be liking her. She seems to be doing better. She's gone on the dates with yeah, the Thomas Middleditch character. Okay, yeah, she, she kinda gets likes a little, him.
1: Yeah, but then she's she she ruins it. Destroys that relationship by sleeping with Lance. What's her motivation to do that?
0: Because that's when she just found out she's not getting the half million dollars. She goes to the bar. Uh, she's drunk. Right. 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 Have we ever made a good decision after tequila? No.
1: Well, or before to drink the tequila. Yeah. So okay, yeah, I was I I had forgotten that she had gotten to a point where she, but I, I you I assumed that. They were going to find out that the only reason that she was in it was for the money. I had—I didn't assume that they were gonna—that he was going to see her in a, in a wild sex act,
0: where apparently the windows have rings hanging from them, Olympic style gymnastics rings.
1: Oh, I heard Melissa Rouch on an interview, and she said that that hotel room actually does have those rings. <laughs> it's for handicapped people to pull up the blinds or open the window. Oh, Okay. And they, all they had to do was reinforce them so that they could do that scene or shoot that scene. It was like when they saw it, they were flabbergasted that it fit right in with what they had written. Hmm. So, well, originally, I think that scene was written for those rings to be hanging in the closet. But when they came into the setting, they had hmm. rented out this hotel room. They saw the rings right by the window and they were like, oh, my God, what is this? This is crazy. So some level of serendipity. Apparently that sex scene went a lot longer. Oh yeah,
0: you'll have to get the unrated Blu-ray Right. You'll see the whole thing.
1: Well, it was even written longer.
0: But yeah, I, I mean, I laughed at parts of it and I mean, it's supposed to be funny and whatever, but just tonally it doesn't work with well, the that's rest of the film. Maybe if they had had something else earlier.
1: That's also where you have it where you see it with a crowd though. That's the kind of thing that that big stupid crowds laugh at and that that is that coming at that point in the movie that's the kind of stuff that people laugh at in raunchy you know r-rated comedies that are appeal to broad masses so i can see this being a crowd pleasing moment for a lot of the people in the audience it's just that the people in, there were only four people in the two, you know the two theater the two audiences that saw it this week
0: yeah I, I see what you're saying but just I don't know, it felt like the sex scene from hot Sharks Part two where I think Charlie Sheen is using a diving board to spring onto the female, you right. know, it's so over the top. Right? You know, it's right. kind of funny. This is going there, but it only gets eighty percent of the way. Yeah. But you know, they're still doing cartwheels and all that stuff. Yeah, it I, wasn't
1: the highlight of the movie for me, but I understand why it was there. I just thought that after that, when the choreography failed them. <laughs> <laughs> Ten more minutes would have been worthwhile. <laughs> hard to find a gymnastic stunt double with the same body dimensions as Melissa Rauch, though. That's the other thing in the movie that they, it, one of the things in uh, about Bernadette's character is the fact that she's rather buxom. Mm-hmm. And that this movie she's repressed her sexuality in or like her body, at least by wearing that, that outfit. Mm-hmm. The suit. Right, and there's a line in the movie about, you know, taping back her breasts or whatever. And they don't they really don't highlight that afterwards. You see her in a sweater a little bit after that, but then they they could have... I think that they could have made her more, I guess, sex sexy, and, that, and they didn't decide to go in that direction. I'm not saying I would have preferred that. I just think that a different movie would have chosen to accentuate that body part more to play up the sort of sexuality of the character, whereas it's more of her activity as opposed to what she looks like. So... I don't really know what my comment there is on that, except uh, I was thinking when the body double in the sex scene had to, had to be gymnastic and uh, ample.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was wondering if maybe they CGI'd some of that did. And then I was wondering if you were the CGI artist that had to do that, it's probably pretty enjoyable to go to work. For two or three weeks or however long it took to do that.
0: Yeah, apparently there's a whole thing of digital makeup. It's one of the big aspects now of uh, special effects. And it doesn't get any buzz because everyone has uh, confident- uh, confidentiality agreements that they sign. Uh-huh. You know, if your lead actor's put on 15 pounds. Right. You might be the guy who has to trim Captain America's waistline. I'm just picking Captain America here at random.
1: Right. Well, they also had to... The- I know that they had to digitize uh, shadows into that scene in mm-hmm. order to get it past certain sensors. So.
0: Makes sense. It, it seemed weirdly lit, but yeah, it's fine. I, the whole movie, I laughed. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it. I'm, I'm glad I'm one of... Four people on the peninsula. Ten thousand in the world who saw it this weekend.
1: Uh, so you could be one of the... Premiere people And you can say I saw that when it came out I saw that movie in theaters
0: Oh yeah It it won't be the first movie I saw opening week That didn't have a second week But some of those End up going on And you know Becoming a Critically acclaimed Or or Not critically acclaimed uh, Fan favorites Almost cult Films I don't see what they do For a sequel
1: I don't know that like The Silver
0: (laughs) They'll do this As a
1: you could bring back that other character, that Maggie character.
0: That Haley Lou Richardson, I think she's got a promising career.
1: Yeah, they're not saying much about her. They're not, they're not making a big deal about her. And I, I thought that she was great.
0: She has that like uh, Disney uh, channel vibe. Mm-hmm. you know. She feels like one of those people, but she's also able to do some of the crasser dialogue, and she still comes off as likable when she does that.
1: Yeah. Uh, She's as innocent and, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, unsullied as Hope and Gregory is, sof- not sophisticated, but uh, sexual and deviant. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, yeah, and Haley Lee Richardson is going to be in a movie this September. I think she's going to be uh, pretty big. I think it's called Frenemies.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, with Haley Steinfeld. Steinfield,
0: yeah, where they're best friends, but then one of them starts dating the other one's older brother. Right. And they hate each other. I think that has a whole lot of potential because both of those girls, we've enjoyed them in films and thought, right. you know, right. they're going to go and have big careers. They're just waiting for the right vehicle. Excellent. So that's my early pick. All right. right. Very, very film.
1: Good film. Good movie. Go out and watch The Bronze with some listener feedback this week your Tony C has sent us a post on Facebook with the walk of life can be the perfect ending to any movie the perfect in theme to any movie did you see yeah I saw that yeah thanks Tony C that song has been stuck in my head for the last week
0: you don't like walk of life
1: I don't like it being stuck in my head I don't like waking up to it I don't like carrying it around with me it's in my head right now it's playing in the back of my in the back of my head as I am saying this. So, but thanks for the listener feedback. <laughs> we really appreciate it.
0: Fair enough. Uh, what are we doing next week for the show?
1: We have to do Batman v Superman.
0: You make it sound like it's a horrible thing. It's going to be a fantastic uh, film.
1: I'm looking forward to it, but I also know I'm going to be let down. Jesus. I. I yeah.
0: The summer bots office starts in March this year.
1: If it's more like uh, Batman the Dark Knight and less like Man of Steel, I'll be happy. Uh, I just don't see that happening. But I don't know. I'm I'm holding out hope.
0: Yeah, I, I, I could see.
1: I, 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 I don't know.
0: I'm looking forward to watching the trailers. I like the whole way they're having Batman fight. He seems much more agile and athletic. Almost gymnastic, if you will. Ooh, nice. But he just seems like a badass. All right. And, you know, Superman seems to just be doing the Superman, I'm holier than thou. Don't try and mess with me. I'm big and strong and tough. It
1: seems like a weird plot line to get by. I don't. Most people's conception of Superman is very different than the one that they're trying to present here, where he's become a god. And, like, Superman, in any other iteration, except for maybe in the comic book, but any other time you've ever seen him. Uh, comes across as super mad. <laughs> he's he doesn't have that sort of god syndrome
0: my understanding though is with the justice league he and batman often disagree about what path they should take and how they should handle situations so hopefully all that gets set up in this film so that they can butt heads again in future films
1: yeah but to set them up as adversaries just seems sort of confusing
0: People always... I mean, that, that's the classic argument. Who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman, right? Well, no, I've, I've never really had that argument. You've never had those stupid arguments? <laughs> no, not at all. all right, because it's that.
1: ridiculous because Batman is a human being and Superman is a... Crypt, uh, He's
0: the greatest tactician the world has ever known. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I guess we'll see. So,
1: I mean, I know how the comic book ends, but who do you think will win this fight? Who are you putting your money on?
0: It'll be a draw because... Um, the Let's Luther Villain will show up With his You know New monster Alright uh, Doomsday And I'm picking have Batman go. I'm picking Batman To beat Superman I don't want to pick Superman I don't want to be on Team Superman That's the whole thing No one wants to be On Team you Superman pick You pick Team res- Draw Way to you, go you, you, you respect him Yeah It'll be a draw
1: Alright Kiss your sister Go ahead <laughs> That's fine I say Batman wins So I'm gonna put my money Down on him He's, he's my pick For March Madness so you saw that movie dodgeball but you didn't like it too much it was fine lance armstrong was in dodgeball Uh huh. as lance, Ar- lance armstrong said in dodgeball the story of a true underdog well i guess if a person never quit when the going got tough they wouldn't have anything to gr- regret for the rest of their life but good luck to you peter i'm sure this decision won't haunt you forever so for mr two braves over there it's been a pleasure i have the l trade Pox that boat everybody are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show. I guess what pertinent roof,